You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm doing fine. It's football Friday, and I am in, I want to say Tuscaloosa. Actually, at the moment, I'm in Hoover, but Tuscaloosa. I mean, that count. It's sort of like Tuscaloosa light. We had to dash over for a few errands. I mean, y'all are the furniture shoppingest people I've ever heard of in my life. <laughs> Uh, it's not just furniture, it's homewares, I think is what, what they're often referred to, housewares. Mm-hmm. For instance, yeah. uh, in Target, you know, you, when, when, when you get a new place, you got to get like a new every, you know, strainer, cut, we were just going over a list, strainer, cutting board, scotch guard, you know, it's a, it's a hectic thing. Yeah, it sounds like maybe next time you ought to bring your husband with you. <laughs> Sorry for any female listeners. This is a joke. I, but I, didn't mean it. I apologize in advance. <laughs> um, this this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, absolutely awesome. We love them so much. Thank you, Built Bar. And they've got all kind of new stuff out there. Go check them out at builtbar.com. All right, Jimmy, we'll spend this first little part just wrapping up any loose ends, and then we'll get into predictions for all the SEC. But uh, any last thoughts on Alabama A&M before we uh, move on to some other predictions? Yeah, I think there's a, a macro, really more about A&M than Alabama. Uh, I think there's a lot of pressure on Jimbo Fisher and his staff tomorrow, more pressure than you would normally find in, in week two of a season. Uh, I, I think Alabama's a bit of a barometer for, for where A&M is. I think when they paid Jimbo Fisher the famous $75 million over 10 years, I would guess that, 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 that the average Aggie fan thought, okay, year three, year three ought to be pretty good. Well, well we know Alabama's pretty good, right? So, so where A&M stacks up against Alabama in year three, it's pretty significant. I, I think there's a lot of pressure. I don't think they necessarily have to win to justify the hire in the contract, but they need to be really competitive tomorrow. And if they're not, gosh, I think I think they play Florida. They play Auburn. Uh, the, the Mississippi State game is up in the air, you know. Tennessee. So, Tennessee. Uh, so Shoot, I, I think there's a lot of pressure on AM. And don't overlook Ole Miss, but I'll say this. Having Alabama as your barometer is like, shooting like having roger ebert critique one of your home movies on a vcr i mean it's it's a it's like whoa 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 i just wanted some regular dude to be my barometer i didn't want like the expert in the shit to be the barometer so uh, yeah i don't barometer may be a bad word but i think what this is what we're going to find out is whether or not texas a&m is ready for prime time and i think the answer will be no Based on how they played last week, you'd have to think that. I mean, and a lot of it's on Kellen. A lot of it's on Kellamon. I, I think he's the guy on the field with the most pressure. I mean, you're a senior. You've started about 35 games. Uh, he's running out of time to achieve something significant, and uh, it doesn't get any more significant than tomorrow on CBS television. Yeah, um, it's it's going to be a, a fun game. I'm go- I'm actually going now. 
uh, just to let you know, I wasn't going and now I'm going. And uh, you'll be inside the stadium. I'll be inside the stadium. I get to sit in the skybox. I'm digging it. Oh, Um, skybox. Yeah. So that that was about the only way you were going to get me to go. Mask up, buddy. I know. I, I'll be masked up and have, you know, just go in. There. I'm just going to wear a full body condom, like I've been saying all along. It's easy. <laughs> you know, there was a Simpsons one time when they had like 21 puppies. They like they found 21 puppies or something. And Marge put do- uh, flea collars on all the kids and said, it's just easier this way. And that's a good point. You know, the dogs are going to get fleas. I mean, they just, you know, so, um, Okay, so one, the one thing I'm looking for, I'm hoping that uh, Najee Harris can overtake Isaiah Spiller as the SEC's leading rusher. It'd be cool to have him at the top of the list, and um, so I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that. J.D. Davidson, we talked about him in the last podcast. Um, he, I think he's still committing tomorrow, but that's sort of up in the air. He had a cryptic tweet about, hey, I may push it back another day and blah, 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 and everybody's already putting out their theories about why that is. In the end, I think he still commits tomorrow. I feel very good about Alabama's chances. It is certainly not a lock. I do feel like Alabama will be the spot because you have to choose one place that is the spot, and I think that'll be Alabama. I'm still uh, thinking it's Alabama. Uh, I I wouldn't have, I guess, guess on Crystal Ball on on the 24-7 network, they they call it, you know, a high degree of confidence or low degree. I'll say it's a low degree of confidence, but I do believe it's Alabama if we're all if we're all wagering. Hey, here's the uh, wager I made on the uh, radio show I do e- each week. We we come up with like a you know a bold a bold bet a bold statement that you believe will be true. Uh, last week, uh, my bold statement that I believe would be true was that Will Anderson would 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 would, have, would get two sacks in the game, and and I was wrong. So this week, what I'll be wrong is this: I I I bet. Even though, as I explained, it has never happened in the history of the earth. But Najee Harris in a college football game will rush for a touchdown of over 40 yards. Well, it's never happened in the history of the earth at Alabama. Yeah, yeah, I'll say in a college football game. That That would be kind of weird if he'd never had a run over like 35 yards in high school, too. (laughs) He'd be the most consistent (laughs) running back ever. Well, actually, you know, the most consistent running back on the team right now is Trey Sanders because he's going to get you (laughs) one-tenth of a yard every time he does it. (laughs) That's right. And and if you think about it, it just boggles the mind that Najee has accumulated all these yards without having long runs, and his yard per carry average is really high. How do you do that? I mean, a lot of guys who have a high yard per carry, you know, they have, you know, if you have three rushes and they each make one yard and then on your fourth rush, you run 80 yards, you know, your average rush for carry is like 20 yards per carry, but you only hit that 20, you know, number one time. Uh, yeah. That's what helps your, your average. Najee has zero help from that kind of play, yet still averages like six or seven yards a carry in his career. Well, I think it's like, um, and I talked about that on the Texas A&M podcast that we did locked on Aggies. And I, and I said, it's, he's the most dependable back in the country because you know what you're going to get. I mean, you're not and and the difference in somebody like him and Waddle, see Waddle can, can create, I think both of them are incredibly shifty. And like Najee's really shifty in tight spaces. He's he tight spaces. Yeah. Yeah. He's, He's got shoulders, shifty. shoulders that remind me of Sean Alexander's that way. He, he deeks, he deeks people with his shoulders. That's right. But then the problem is the difference. 
when when Waddle sees a crease, it's it's over. I mean, forget it, write it down. Nobody's catching him. It's over. If he's got a true crease, when Najee's got that true crease, it feels like it takes him a couple of more seconds to get the engine going. And in fact, we've never seen the engine. We've never seen him floor it because he's never had the opportunity. You know, you can't floor it from from 25 yards out. And he you used know? to be a pretty fast kid before he got all muscled up. I remember seeing legit 40 times from Najee when he was in high school becoming the nation's most elite running back prospect. His 40 times were pretty good. Uh, but then really late in his high school career and his freshman year at Alabama, he muscled up, grew into a really large back, and so far hasn't been able to carry that weight at, at, at the speed he was running, you know, as a 10th grader. Well, maybe instead of deer antler spray, he needs to be drinking deer urine. Do you think that would help? <laughs> hey, if you want to get somebody to run fast, just 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 say if you don't run away from here very fast, you're going to have to sniff this deer urine because I've I, I'm a, I'm a bit of a hunter, and let me tell you, deer urine smells terrible. <laughs> Uh, and you know what's funny is only true Alabama fans will even get the deer antler spray thing. I mean, there are probably some people <laughs> listening to this podcast going, what, what the in the flip is this Nimrod <laughs> talking about deer antler spray? What the hell is that? I don't know what it is either, but I just know that apparently Alabama was accused of having used it, and it apparently works. And And I'm pretty sure you can buy it from behind the counter at your local 7-Eleven right next to the horny goat weed. But uh, uh, let me tell everybody about Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. And you also want to check out Built Go. It's the solution to breaking through that wall. When you've hit, you know, you've hit your wall on your workout and, and things are, are getting kind of sluggish, try Built Go. It's an easy-to-take packages, 1.5 ounces. Uh, you can put it in your briefcase. Uh, for the most focused presentation you've ever had. You can put it in your golf bag uh, to get through that back nine, or you can put it in your pocket just to get through the day. It is absolutely delicious. I've tried it. It's awesome. All the Built Bar stuff is great. Go to BuiltBar.com and check it out. But you really want to check out this Built Go. It is. It combines energy gel with collagen protein. Um, it's loaded with good stuff to, to ignite your work, uh, Beta alanine. I don't know what that is, but it sounds like it would really work. Uh, B3 honey and a kick of caffeine is just what you need to get through the day when we're all trying to survive a pandemic. We've all got to work in some workouts and we've all put in extra hours because business is down and everybody's trying to get ahead. You need Built Go to help you get that extra mile. So go check out Built Go and BuiltBar.com. Okay, Jimmy, let's go through some predictions um, for the SEC this week. And I guess we'll start with – oh, let's start with Ole Miss-Kentucky. Why not? That's a, uh, one of the most difficult games for me to pick uh, this week because if you'd asked me this summer who was going to have the better season one loss record, I'd tell you Kentucky. Uh, but then after they both play week one, it's hard not to pick Ole Miss just because Ole Miss uh, apparently has some explosive ability – Lane Kiffin has done his usual masterful job coaching a quarterback as Matt Corral looked really impressive under Lane's tutelage last week. It's hard not to imagine Ole Miss scoring in the high 20s. The question is, can Kentucky? I think this is going to be a really, really close game. 
So I like Ole Miss getting some points uh, because I think it's going to be close. But uh, I think Kentucky wins oh, one or two, closer than the experts think, as, uh, as Corso likes to say. And look, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, and I'm not, I really don't believe this is a conspiracy. I just think it's the SEC and the NCAA being kind of douchebags. But, man, Joey Gatewood getting eligible this week is so bizarre. I mean, I'm, I'm, buy, yeah. I'm buying I, the conspiracy theory that Auburn, <laughs> Auburn signed off on the release as soon as their game was over. Like, well, we be. don't care if he's playing now. And, I, and I'll tell you what, it, Kentucky sure could have used him because Terry Wilson, I thought, played like ass, especially in the second half. Um, of that game, yeah, he's yeah. never going to be a he's never going to be a good passer. He's just a leader athlete. Yeah. There is talk that Kentucky's going to play a second quarterback this week, but not Joey Gatewood. Some dude is, named Bo Allen. This whole thing is so weird. I mean, that yeah. the Kentucky quarterback situation is so weird. And if you're Kentucky, what really got to hurt you is you got to get this old Miss win because I mean, oh he, yeah, here's a chance for you to get the keep the ball rolling. You've got a five star commitment, and now he's a guard. Um, from your state this year, I can't remember his name because Alabama was recruiting him. But Jagger, um, yeah, yeah, J- yeah, not Mick Jagger, uh, but Jagger something else. Yeah, yep, that's right. That would be kind of contemporary. We got this Mick Jagger kid coming in to play guard. Good, <laughs> yeah, he's a little skinny. He's he skinny, but he's got great feet. feet. And I mean ounces. <laughs> <laughs> great feet. Yeah, that's funny. Um. <clears throat> He'll also be barking out all the signals because he's so loud. Um, we also don't have a mouthpiece that fits him. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so Kentucky, I'm going to pick Ole Miss to win this game. I just don't like his quarterback situation. I'm going to pick Ole Miss right. to win this game uh, in a close one. So let's go to Mississippi State, Arkansas. I mean, why? But let's do it. Um You know, I, this game's going to be at Mississippi State. Here's the thing. This could be a hangover effect. Mm-hmm for yep. Mississippi State. But you wonder if that – just like the crowds don't have as big of an effect in terms of motivation, you know, I think a crowd can also be kind of lame and, and lackadaisical after a big win, and they come in in the, like 11 o'clock or whatever it is, and they're expected to win, so they don't really get into it. I wonder if that will actually help Mississippi State not having a crowd there this time. Yeah, a couple things about this. Uh, it's so easy to say, you know, Arkansas is bad. Mississippi State just, you know, threw for 600 yards against LSU. This is going to be just a 42 to, you know, three game, and 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 they're going to kill them. And, yeah, I'm picking Mississippi State to win this game. We're just picking winners here. I, I, okay, I'll, I'll take Mississippi State. I'll just say that Mike Leach is not a newbie to coaching. He's got a track record goes back a long time. And the fact of the matter is, Mike Leach does not routinely crush really good teams because if he did, he wouldn't have been the head coach at Texas Tech and Washington State and then Mississippi State. Fact of the matter is Leach's teams look really explosive offensively a lot of weeks, but he does not consist. His teams do not consistently play great week to week. So, yeah, I'm picking Mississippi State because they have more good players than Arkansas's got, and I'd have picked Mississippi State to win this game this spring and summer, but. Uh, am I convinced Mississippi State is a top 10 football team? No, no, I'm not. Not yet. Yeah, I picked Mississippi State too, but I'm like you. I think it's going to be a little bit closer just um, because, like you said, Mississippi State's not going to know how to sit on a lead. And I think in the SEC that's very, very important. And if you just keep slinging it around, somebody's going to pick six your ass real quick. Um, all right. 
How about uh, LSU this week at Vanderbilt? Is there any shot at all? Vandy's got these new funky Nashville skyline helmets they're debuting. Is there any chance at all? No, no. They don't have dudes. I mean, A&M played bad, and Vanderbilt could only muster 12 points and and, and lose a game 17-12 and at no point look like they were going to win the game, you know, kind of thing. So uh, Vanderbilt's bad. LSU's pissed. Now, one thing about that Mississippi State loss – I do think the game was a little fluky the way it played out, all the stats and the points and things like that. But I think one fact that you can take from this game is that LSU is not that great. They're they're just not that great. Uh, they, they have question marks because they just lost too many dudes, too many question marks, too much youth. But LSU is going to steamroll Vanderbilt. I mean, you know, I, I would I would say this game is going to be something like forty-two to seven. All right, let's go ahead and take a break, Jimmy. When we come back, we'll run down the rest of the SEC. Missouri, Tennessee, uh, 11 point spread seems a little bit high. Yeah. But here, here's what I'm dreading, Jimmy. I'm dreading this like there's no tomorrow. Tennessee wins this game by 21. And all of a sudden, guess what they do? You know what they do. Tennessee? They we beat them more than Alabama beat them. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. There'll there'll be a there'll be score comparisons, which are always I say always often silly, but you know leave it to Alabama fans, and and I'm 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 waving the flag here because I do this myself, but I'm pretty impressed by the way Missouri played Alabama last week, and then I see that line and I'm like, eleven man Tennessee's going to be fortunate to win the game. I think Missouri's pretty good, but that's what us Alabama fans do, you know, when we don't beat somebody as bad as we think we should beat them, then all of a sudden in our minds, they're just really good. And games just play out weird. You know, if you play the same team 10 times, there's going to be 10 different results. The games won't all look exactly alike. So I think I, I, I'm my, my, can, my first thought here is that Tennessee wins the game and Missouri covers that big spread. That's what I think is going to happen. I think Tennessee wins, but it's close. Uh, something like 24 to 21. That That's what I think is going to happen. I will not be surprised if Missouri wins. And honestly, I won't be surprised if Tennessee wins the game handily, 31 to 7. That wouldn't shock me either because all summer, all summer long, I'd have told you Tennessee versus Missouri, Tennessee would win by two or three touchdowns. That's what I would have thought this summer. But after you see one game, your, your mind changes about teams. What a prediction by you. I, I can yeah. see Missouri winning a close one or winning going away. I can see Tennessee in a real tight one where Tennessee could blow them out. I can see them. Did I cover um, it all? Yeah, that's what I'm going with, Luke. Well, I'm not going to be wrong. Lock it in. Um, I will not be wrong about that game. <laughs> all right, Florida, South Kakalaki. Florida big. I'm a Florida believer. In the spring, I was not. In the spring, I was like, Georgia's going to beat Florida again, and everybody talking about Florida's crazy. Then in the summer, started being a believer, saw a couple of replays of Florida games from 2019, and went, you know what? <laughs> I think this Florida team's going to be good. Then last week uh, on the road, highly impressive offensive performance. Jury still out a little bit on the defense. I, I don't think South Carolina has as many dudes as they sometimes have, although I do like the quarterback, who did play well against Tennessee. Uh, I, I like Florida big in this one. Florida's really good. I, I think a legitimate top five team for sure. All right, and then the, probably the biggest game, I mean, you could say it's Alabama A&M, but really I think Auburn-Georgia's bigger. Um, yeah. 
What do you think? Two top 10 teams. I, I, think, I think this, both Auburn and Georgia are in the top 10. One of my first thoughts is this, whoever loses this game is just not a top 10 football team. And, 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 and I, I think by the end of the year, we'll look back going, they were, they were never a top 10 football team. Whoever loses. Now, whoever wins is whoever wins this game is almost certainly going to cobble together a really nice season, regardless of what happens against Alabama, uh, you know, because Alabama plays both these teams. But uh, I, I think Georgia will win. It's at Georgia. I think Georgia's got a few more good players. But I, this is this is why I'm not super confident about that pick. I think Bo Nix is going to be a better quarterback than whatever Georgia puts on the field. And I, I'm a Kevin Steele fan in terms of, I think Kevin Steele can put together a game plan and a defense, and he doesn't exactly need 11 all pros to do it. I won't be surprised if, if, if Auburn pulls into Auburn here and wins. But if we're, if we're gambling real American dollars, Georgia wins pretty tight, somewhere around that number of six and a half or so. I'm going to say Georgia wins 24-17. Uh, but whew, Auburn wouldn't surprise me at this, at, this, at this point. I was pretty impressed with Auburn uh, in the Kentucky game. Okay, I'm going to pick Auburn to win, and I have a few reasons. Number one, I think it's pretty close um, in terms of – I don't think it's – talent-wise, I think Georgia clearly has more talent. I think, though, that the pro, the equalizer is the quarterback position. I think Bo Nix is better than whoever Georgia trots out there. I don't care if it's JT Daniels. I think be better than that. Now, um, that doesn't mean I think Bo Nix is, is an All-American. I just think he's much better than whatever Georgia's going to trot out there. Defensively, I think Georgia certainly has the edge. Um, and Auburn's offensive line could be the key to this whole thing because if they aren't good and they yep. didn't really look good against Kentucky, but Kentucky couldn't make them pay. Kentucky pulled a Kentucky. I mean, that's why Auburn's Auburn and Kentucky's Kentucky. Auburn has been there before. They know what to do in a situation like what happened. Kentucky panicked after that blown call on the TD. They just panicked, and you've got to be a better team than that. Um I think Auburn is just uh, – I think it's just their time. I think Kirby it, – it just there's something that just doesn't seem right about this Georgia team. I listened to Locked on Dogs, um, and they were pretty sky high about this team. I mean, they were like, I don't see any way, essentially, Auburn hangs with Georgia. And it just made me think, I, guys, are y'all watching the same thing I am? Because I just like Auburn as much as anybody. But when I watch Auburn play and I watch Georgia play – Auburn just looked like a better team, and there's no crowd to speak of, so that's not going to be an issue. Um, and I, the running game is – if Georgia had a semblance of a running game, I'd probably favor Georgia, but they don't. The running game's probably about equal. They both didn't rush very well against their opponents. The offensive line both looked like they needed help. Um, defensively, yes, Georgia has an advantage. I, I give you that, but I would say special teams-wise, Auburn probably has an advantage. And then it comes down to quarterback. So I'm going with Bo Nix and Auburn 23-20. Very, very easily could play out that way. I don't disagree with, with really any any of that. I do think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sticking with the Georgia pick and something you said, you know, sort of highlights the reason why. I, th I, think, I think Georgia's front seven uh, controls the game and, and Auburn struggles to score, even though Bo Nix is the best quarterback on the field. I agree with that. And that, again, I said Bo Nix is the equalizer, but if if the offensive line isn't very good and Georgia 
that defense plays like their their reputation. Okay, I, I would switch very quickly, but for for the moment, and and the lack of focus I saw in that Arkansas game, I I just can't pick Georgia right now. And here's the thing. As an Alabama fan, that bothers me because I think we need Georgia to win that game. Number one, I think it'd make the night game for CBS much, much cooler. And also it gives us a, a huge leg up in the West. And so I, I really want Georgia to win the game. Oh, and I a just, solid bet is Kirby Smart screwing up the quarterback situation at Georgia. That's oh a really good God. bet. That's a good He's bet. He's screwing up before games, like in the summer and shit. I'm not sure what the right thing to do is. I just know Kirby will do the wrong one. That's That's a damn good point. Um, okay, and so just we've already said it a couple of times, but just reiterate your Bama A and M pick. Yeah, I've I've stuck with thirty eight seventeen all week, and then I've seen a bunch of thirty eight seventeen type picks. I mean, a bunch of them, uh, which is funny, but uh, you know that's still a three touchdown win, and I, I think that's what it'll be for Alabama about three touchdowns. So so kind of barely covering the spread. However, uh, this is big boy football to me. A and M recruits a lot of good prospects, a lot of future NFL players. I think it'll be a three-touchdown win for Alabama, but it's going to look like a real football game. Uh, I think all of Alabama's points will be hard-earned. I think A&M's going to get some points and earn some earn some points against what's a pretty good Alabama defense. Uh, for a three-touchdown win, I think Alabama's going to know they were in a real football game. And by the end of this season, A&M proves to be the second-best team in the SEC West. Whoa, I disagree with you. I would have agreed with you before these these numerous opt-outs and injuries, but I disagree with you now. I'm going to stick with my 40 to 21 prediction. Um, And, you know, this so Alabama uh, in the Saban era to to make it feel like a 19 or 21-point win feels like a three-point squeaker. I mean, that's how it is with us now. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to say it's 40 to 21, really never in doubt. The A&M guy, uh, Cole Thompson, asked me what I thought – uh, Alabama needs to do to make sure they win, and I said get an early lead. If Alabama gets an early lead, I think that it's it's done. The more you let A and M hang around, it's gonna it's it could be trouble. Um, so I I think Alabama does win comfortably though, and I'm looking forward to it. So Jimmy, let's have a good weekend of football, bro. Yeah, one last uh, observation. I you know I think Mac is going to have a good game because Mac always has a good game. I'm sure that's going to be the case. But if you want to know how well. Alabama played in this game and what one number to look at. To me, it's Najee's rushing yards. True. If Najee gets up around 150 rushing yards, Alabama won this game going away. All right, buddy. Roll Tide. We'll talk on Monday. Roll Tide.